all the ins and all the outs about this story. But one thing people remember is how she, Lot's wife, was turned into a pillar of salt. Right. And the reason you remember that part, and it sticks with you more than the rest of the story, if I ask you this morning, why did she turn to a pillar of salt? Y'all know? She disobeyed. Most people don't know. But everybody knows she turned into a pillar of salt. You see, it's because pillars are meant to be remembered by men forever and ever. Pillars are like monuments. They are meant to last for long periods of time. Pillars are not here today and gone tomorrow. The pillars are meant to remain from generation to generation. A lot of times, I don't know how you respond to the Word of God, but when I read stories in the Word of God, my mind can't help to question, or for better words, uh, 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 wonder. Because you don't want to question the Word of God, right? But my mind wonders about the reason why God done a certain thing, or why He done it a certain way. Why did you do it like this, God? Why not do it like that, God? Right? I wonder. God, why didn't you do it the way I thought you could do it? Or you should have done it. When reading the story about Lot and his wife, my mind can't help to wonder, why did God choose to turn her into a pillar of salt? Why did God choose to turn her into a pillar of salt? Why not a pillar of stone? Or a pillar of wood? Or a pillar of gold? Or, or a pillar of stakes? Why a pillar of salt? You know, as she's coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah, before God destroyed that city with fire, we know she turned back and looked back. So we know it was the judgment of God on her life that she became the pillar of salt. But that don't explain why salt. But surely there's got to be a reason that God the Almighty, the creator of all, turned her into a pillar of salt. I don't believe for a minute God does anything by accident, amen? Right. Especially turning something into a pillar. Something that's going to be remembered from generation to generation. I don't believe God made a mistake by turning her into a pillar of salt. We know all throughout his word, details matter. He's a detailed God. He's a detail. Just think about the human body. He's pretty detailed. So God wants us thousands and thousands of years later to know this story about this pillar of salt. If God turned something into a pillar, surely he did it for us to always remember why and why he did it. So listen, if you would study out where Sodom and Gomorrah was located, no man knows for sure where it's located. Because remember, God destroyed the whole city. He, he destroyed everything in the city. There was nothing left standing in that city. If God destroys something with fire, Bertha, there's nothing going to be left, period. There's going to be no evidence of it. There's going to be no signs of it. Amen? So no, no man knows exactly where Sodom and Gomorrah was located. But... The, uh, the, they have studied, the one that has studied the Word of God, and has studied, they believe, all the scholars believe, that Sodom and Gomorrah 
was at very close or right in the middle of the Dead Sea. If you know anything about the Dead Sea, you would know that nothing can live in the Dead Sea. For one, for one reason nothing can live in the Dead Sea is because the Dead Sea has no outlet. It has an inlet but no outlet. So the water in the Dead Sea is like pond water. It's dead. It's not moving. So it has no life to it, Tony. But the other reason... I'm afraid I'm going to be coughing. But anyhow, but the reason why nothing can live there, the second reason, is because the Dead Sea has a high salt content. There's no fish living there. There's no plants living there. It's full of salt. Amen? Yeah. Y'all know that about the Dead Sea? Mm -hmm. Y'all did? So if this is true, if Sodom and Gomorrah was located on the banks of the Dead Sea, then here is what God wants us to hear and see about Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. I believe God is saying to the church this morning, I will and I can deliver you out of any evilness, any addiction, any habits, any hangups, any flaws. Right. I can remove you out of any situation. But if you're willing to always look back, if you're always willing to look back from what I got you out of, I will turn you into the environment that you desire to be in. So she was turned into her environment. She loved the sin of Sodom and Gomorrah so much that God turned her in to the elements, the environment that was around her. Think about it. God was trying to deliver her out of something very evil from that sin. But she turned back. Her heart was still learning and wanting to go back. She wanted to be a part of that ungodly thing that was happening inside of that city. So God said, okay, big girl, if you love sin so much, if you love that lifestyle so much, I'll just make you the product that's got a hold on you. Amen? I was talking to somebody the other day. I can't say the name because you know him. But they, they called him Crackhead Joe. Not made up Joe, but they called him Crackhead Joe. You know what I'm saying? He came a product of what he does. I would hate to be referred by that, wouldn't you? I would surely hate to be identified as a, a label like that. So I want to tell the church today is this. If you're in the church or if you're out of the church, we all will become a pillar or some or something in this lifetime. You will become a pillar of something. You will either be a pillar for what you did in this world or for this world, or you become a pillar inside of the house of God. You will be a pillar for something far greater than the eye meets the hear me, young people. Hear me, young people. You can become so tied up into this world and try to make yourself a name in this world that when God tries to deliver you out of this world and save you from this world, you are always looking back to this world. And you look at the things of this world. And the Bible says in 1 John 2.15, now this is Bible talk, love not the world, 
Neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Listen to me. When you get so tied up to this world, and if you always want to be close to this world and the people of this world, that's when you become you become easy become the product of this world. That's right. You will die as a pillar of what's around you. I know that's probably a bit deeper than I need to go this morning, but that's okay. It was true. I'm going to break it on down. Preach. Thank you. I was going to anyhow, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> if I let people dictate me how to preach or not, you know what I mean? I ain't going to be a preacher long until I've heard from God is so good. Oh, Amen. God. Listen, we will all be a pillar of some kind. What is a pillar? A pillar is something that bears weight. A pillar is something that don't move. A pillar is what holds up something else. Amen? Right. So what I'm telling us this morning is we all will be a pillar of some kind. You can be a pillar of drugs, a pillar of alcohol. You can become a pillar of work, right. of fame, of fortune. You can be caught up in your environment that you become the pillar around you if you're not careful. Or you can be a pillar in the house of the living God. You can go down in the history books as a product, as a drug addict, alcoholic, a work addict, or a person with a failed marriage, or whatever else. Or you can stand up and say, I will not let my environment dictate what my God says I am. I'm going to be a pillar in the house of the living God. I don't want to jump ahead of myself. Let me say one else. Young people, you have to... You have to choose today. Today is, the, is a new chapter in your life. To stand up in this chapter and say, I'm going to be a pillar in the house of the living God. Right. Listen, you can go in the history books as he was a God-fearing man. Yes. She was a God-fearing woman. She was always in the house of the Lord. She was always begging him to go to the church. He was always wanting to go to the revival. He was always wanting to read his Bible. Right. Amen. Amen. You can be known. He had his mind made up. She had her mind sold out on God. There was no moving them. There were no wavering inside of them. They was a pillar for the church. Yeah, amen. I want to say, I want people to say about me, Bertha, and Jerry, I want people to say, when all hell was breaking loose in his life, he still, he still stood tall and stood proud for what God says and what God believes. I, I want to be known as he didn't waver from the word of God one bit. I, he didn't let the people dictate him. He didn't let the finances dictate him. He didn't become the product of fame or fortune. He stood on the word of God. He never wavered. Even though I didn't like it at times, he never wavered. He stood for what's right. So you have to make your mind up now. Pillars bear weight. Pillars won't change. Even when the environment changes. Right. Listen to me. Some of you are about to start a new chapter in your life. You hear me? A new chapter means new temptations. Right. In new chapters, there's new things that's going to try to get you to adapt to them. But you hear me? If you just go into the new chapter of your life as a pillar of God, and you have your mind made up, there's no nothing in this new environment 
that's going to make me stop coming to go to church. Right. You got to make your mind up. There's nothing more important than coming to church on Sunday. Right. Amen. There's nothing worth missing church over. Period. Coming to church is my first thing I'm going to do. Laugh at me, make fun of me, whatever. And I'm not going to stop growing in my spiritual life. Right. I'm going to keep on growing. How many of you that message last Sunday? <coughs> Ooh, yeah. That was a good message. Mm -hmm. About the fool, the scarful, and the uh, 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 simple. Mm -hmm. Don't let the scarful make fun of your spiritual growth. Right. Don't let them dictate who you are. Right. <coughs> Amen? Some of y'all about to go to high school, and trust me, you thought middle school was bad, you thought you seen every kind of sin in middle school, you thought you was tempted by the things in the middle school, you ain't seen nothing yet. Just think about how many kids over here, two or three hundred? No, five or six hundred? Think about five or six hundred with the same mindset of evilness. Well, they don't even know they're evil, but they still got the sinful mindset. Amen? And fifth graders, Lord help me. You're about to step into a, a area you've never had to think <coughs> In grade school, it's all innocent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you get some bad words and stuff like that, but middle school, there's all kind of stuff that's going to be thrown at you. Right, Leslie? There's all kind of new temptations that's going to be facing you. You're about to see and hear more evilness than you have ever seen before. I know you might see stuff in your house, but at least it's not offered to you. I hope not. But trust me, in middle school, there's going to be anything and everything, Jackson. In middle school, there's going to be anything and everything on every corner, son. And people's going to make fun of you and call you an outcast and say you're you're not popular because you're not trying to. They're going to try to pressure you into doing stuff that you would never find yourself doing. That's right. Where my sports guys at and girls? Where my sports people at? There's one. There's one. Justin, Justin raise your hand, baby. Track stars, where y'all at? <laughs> you already know. You already know what I'm about to say, but you listen anyhow. Middle schooling, community. It takes more dedication. It takes more commitment. It takes more time and practice. It takes more dedication to be the top dog. High schoolers going into high school, better get ready. It takes more commitment. It takes more, more uh, time, more dedication. But don't let sports, don't let sports God become your God. Don't let people pressure you to become a pillar for anything in this world. Don't let your coaches, friends, or even parents tell you that you will be left behind and outcast if you're not at every game, at every practice, every gym, and all day long. Listen, Sports addicts, work addicts, it's no different than a drug addict. I know that's too deep, that's I'm, I'm telling Hookie the truth right now. You can be so addicted to sports and TV, and you can't, admit you can't miss a game on the TV or anything else. You can't miss a day of work. It's an addict. You become so addicted, 
It's like a drug. You just got to have more of it. I just, I got to shoot another shot. I got to throw another pass. I got to hit another ball. It's an addict. You're a phoenix. Don't get caught up with that. That becomes a god. Well, that's hard. I know. I got to swim and play basketball. <laughs> Don't be caught up tied to this world. So young people, you listen to the pastor, your spiritual coach. Amen? Amen. Your spiritual coach. Go ahead and tell the world. Leave me behind. Tell the world. Call me an outcast. Call me weird. Because I'd much rather be an outcast in this world than an outcast in his world. Right. I'd much rather be accepted in his world than not be accepted in your world. Come on, people. Make your mind up today. My God, my walk with God is more important to me than what my God thinks about me is greater than what you think about me. It's okay to play games. It's okay to play games and stuff like that. But don't pray to it. Don't, don't, don't let it become your God. Don't worship it. Don't let people make you a pillar of this world. In Genesis 28, 18. After Jacob had an encounter with the angel of God, after Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long, but wrestling, you ever been to wrestling match? All night long? <laughs> no. You know, you ain't going to fight that long. Jacob wrestled with the angel all night long. The angel said, Jacob, let me go because the day is breaking. i got to go back. And Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. Some of you need to get a Jacob mindset in your heart. God, I'm not letting you go. I'm not stopping coming to church. I'm not stopping praying until you bless me. The angel. That's right. I'm not stopping. The angel finally touched Jacob's thigh, and he never walked again the same. His family, his friends, this world knew that Jacob had encountered, experienced something greater than what this world had offered. They knew that Jacob had contact with something because he never walked the same again. Young folk, older folk, middle-aged folk, you need to get an encounter with God. And you need to go to work on Monday, school on Monday, and say, he got a hope to something. They got a hope to something. What is going on in your life? Because you're walking different. You're talking different. You're acting different. You look different. You smell different. You got a better attitude about yourself. Something's wrong, and they was just making fun of that dude yesterday. No, I'm a, I've been encountered with Jesus Christ. Right. I'm a new creature in Christ. Sometimes you need to walk away from God different. Jacob got his blessing from God only because he stood his ground. After Jacob was blessed by God, the Bible says in Genesis 28, 18, <coughs> And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he had put his put his pillar as his pillar and set it up for a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. The Bible says he poured the oil on the pillar. The only the oil represents the anointing from God. So I tell you this morning, the pillars of God are anointed. That means when you stand up for God and you stand for God's ways and you don't ever waver, that's when you see the anointing on your life. 
Well, Pastor, what's the anointing means? That means you have the power of God moving through you. That means you get the living water down in your life. You're a conduit for the living God. You're not just a dead sea. But you're the living water. You've got stuff flowing out of you. You've got life. You've got love. You've got joy unspeakable. Right. you got the anointing. You have the power to stand up in your environment and say, no, I'm not trying that. No, I'm not smoking that. No, I'm not taking that. No, I'm not about that. No, I'm not going to let you run, ruin my life. I'm going to stand up because I got the anointing and the power of God. You see, when you have the anointing from God, you can look at your devil and say, devil, get behind me. Get your temptations behind me. Because devil, I'm a pillar in the house of God and I'm anointed. Who wants the anointing on your life? Amen. Let's break it down like this. Let's let's do it. Wouldn't you say Steph Curry is probably the best basketball player ever? No. No. Yes. Gracie would say yes. All right, who's the best basketball player ever? Jordan. Oh, my goodness. All right, and I'll name about 20 different guys, all right? How many of you want to be Steph Curry? (laughs) He's got a super natural talent, doesn't he? He can shoot a ball I've never heard before. He don't miss too many shots, does he? It's all normal when he misses a shot, isn't it? Huh? What you think about this? He's working off his natural abilities. Off of what he created in his body. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, rhythm? Muscle memory. What if you get a hope of God and you say, I'm standing in the house of God. I'm not wavering. I'm going to pray daily. I'm going to read my Bible daily. And the power of God whoo, overshadows you, just comes on you, and you've got the anointing to be a pro. Saint of the Most High God. And when you walk in there, that dude's got the anointing on right. his life. Look at him. Look at him. He's got anointing. Look at her. She's got something different about her. We idolize Steph Curry and all them, but y'all idolize the anointing of God. Right. The ones got the anointing. There's something great on that man. There's something powerful on that woman. Little King David. David didn't kill a bear on, or a lion by himself, right. but it was because he was anointed by Samuel, the man of God. It, it wasn't David that killed the giant with a slingshot. No little boy can do that. Right. It was only because David was not going to be moved on his walk with God. He was not going to let anything stop him from serving his Lord. Pillars don't move. Pillars don't waver. Pillars don't change. Exodus 13 and 21, it says, And the Lord, and the Lord went before them by day in the pillar of clouds to lead them the way and by night in the pillar of fire to give them life to go by day and by night. The pillars is what leads the children of Israel. The pillars is what leads the children of Israel out of, out of sin and bondage. The pillars was always there leading and guiding them. Would you, how would you like for Jesus to 
always be changing. <laughs> you know, you're following this way, then all of a sudden he just vanishes. In, in, in your ordinary life, in your everyday job, in your everyday moment, you think you're serving God with your whole heart. You're doing everything right. You're doing everything he said to do, Jan. Then all of a sudden, he changes his mind. He's way over here. He's like, what are you doing over there? You're walking in sin. I thought I told you to do this. No, you didn't tell me to do that. Well, I'm telling you to do that now, so you've got to change everything about you. You've got to start walking over here. Then you get over here, and you're like, all right, I'm doing everything I know I'm going to do. I'm doing everything further than all of a sudden God moves again. I wouldn't want to serve someone like that. I wouldn't want to follow someone like that. Thank God the pillars of the day and the, the fire and the cloud pillars. They was all inconsistent. At nighttime, we know when the fire is lit and it's in front of us, that's the way we're going. Right. In the daytime, the pillar of cloud, that's the way we're going. Right. And we ain't moving. If the cloud stops, if the fire stops, I'm stopping. Right. Pillars aren't here today and going tomorrow. But pillars are always there for someone to know their way to God. If you want to be a leader in life, at your job or whatever, then you're not a leader first, but you are a pillar first. You've got to show them that you're going to stand firm on what you believe and what you are there to do. Right, that's good. People don't want to be led by flaky, snowflake people, wavering people. Right. People will only follow people that are sold out with their mind made up. Exodus 14 and 24. And it came to pass. I like this. I like this a lot. Exodus 24 and 24. Or 14 and 24. And it came to pass that in the morning watch, the Lord looked unto the host of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and through the cloud and troubled the host of the Egyptians. The Egyptians was coming after them. The Egyptians wanted to take them back to bondage. Back to sin. The world was trying to pull them back to sin. They was just trying to serve their God. Why did the heathens want them for? Nobody wants to see you do good. Listen, nobody's going to be for you. Not 100% at your schools or anything else. They're always going to be pulling you down. Especially in your spiritual walk. It says God sent a pillar of fire in the cloud. It was the pillar that troubled their adversary. It was the pillar that got their adversary all upset, the Bible says. God could have sent a host of angels to destroy the Egyptians, but instead he sent a pillar. So what I want you to hear this morning is, it, God could send a thousand angels to your issues right now. Right. God could send a thousand angels to your whatever issues you got going on, Cody, and he can fight for you, and he can deliver you out of that with angels, Mama Michael. Right. And the devil won't be afraid whatsoever. He'll take his leg and just keep on going. But when you stand up and become a pillar, right. when you stand up yes. and you say, no, devil, I'm not going to bow with you any longer. No, devil, I'm not going to submit to you any longer. That's what troubles him. He said when they make their mind up, right. I don't have an influence in their life anymore. I can't do nothing about it right. when they get sold out on the, on the pillar of God. Yes. That's when the devil is troubled. Is anyone willing to be a pillar for God? Yes. Amen. Sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm not speaking to y'all. I'm speaking to y'all. 
I'm not speaking to y'all, but I'm speaking to y'all. You ready? Sometimes my fleshly man feels like nobody wants to be a pillar any longer. You know, I just want to do what I want to do and just live my life. You know, if I want to do this, I can do this. If I want to go there, I want to go there. If I want to be over here, I want to be over there. If I want to switch churches, I switch churches. I don't want to be no pillar. That's what I feel sometimes. But I know that's not true because I see y'all every week, every right. week, coming back and back. God used me. Right. I want to be something strong. You know, this is a blessing, church. Yeah. You this is the best place you can ever be. I don't say that because I'm the pastor and or anything else, but this is a brand new startup church, really. Six years old now. Just think about that. In 30 years from now, Cody, in 30 years from now, when this church is still standing and still going on strong, will I be dead by then? <laughs> I might be, I might, I might be 70, I might be with my toes in the sand somewhere every time, I doubt it, but you know, I'm also going to be a bit preaching to y'all. Anyhow, just imagine in 30 years, you know, 40 year old man, Michael, you're older than I am. Mike, the red doesn't turn to gray. And some of you probably have passed on. In 30 years from now. Well, what if your grandkids, your great grandkids, walks to that door? Right. Or Brother Mike sitting up here in the front row. Right. Because I was a pillar of that church. Yes. Mm -hmm. I didn't miss a Sunday. Right. I was always yeah. behind my preacher. Right. That's good. I was always doing what God wanted me to do. If there's no pillars in the church, there's no church. Right. There's just a club. I don't want a club. I want a church. I want a church of the living God that's going to stand forever and ever. I'm talking about when all hell is breaking loose in the church. The church is still standing. Right. I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyhow. <laughs> Basketball will fail you. Baseball will fail you. But my God will never leave you or abandon you. When your coaches and, and your bosses, when you're no use of them no more, Michael, when you're in the hospital bed on your deathbed or laid up because you can't work no more, they will might stop by one or two times. But you, if you're not serving them, they'll never love you again. Right, if you're not there to serve them, but I tell you one thing, my God will never leave you or abandon yes. you. My God. Right. I told, I told uh, Jackson basketball coach when he decided to go back to basketball, I walked up to her and I said, hey, um, I said, Jackson wants to come back if you don't want to take him that spot, but he wants to come back with you take him. She said, oh, yeah, take that. I said, I'll tell you one thing right now. Don't build a team around Because he ain't going to be here every week. That's fine, that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, right. He ain't going to be here every week. He's not a pillar in the basketball. Right. Once I have a say so, he's a pillar in the house of God. He's a pillar in the house of the living God. He's a husband for the living God. He's a goalkeeper for the living God. He's a janitor for the living God. And hopefully, if God calls you, You'll be a youth pastor for the living God. Right. Come on. Hey, don't build a team around my boy, but I'm building a church around him. Right. Yeah. 
They're standing up there preaching to me. They're up there singing and playing the drums for us. And I'm just clapping. I'm worshiping my God. And I'm saying, I remember the day I was up there with the old crooked finger. I never wavered. You don't ever, boy. Don't ever waver from the truth. Don't let them, don't let them, don't let them waver you, boy. Whoever it is. When you're up here singing, it ain't performance. You're anointed by God. You're doing it for the glory of God. It's not to lift you up, it's to lift them up. Pillars in the church. Right, right. I get so. Boy, I'm on the ground. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. I get so tired when Bill Steph Curry up. We build all these famous people up so high. Take me off this pastor platform. And we can't lift the pastor up. We can't lift the anointing up. And I'm, I'm not trying to lift myself up. I'm, you know me too well. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just talking about the anointed ones, the powerful ones. Brother Ken's an elder in the church. He's a pillar in the church. Some of those old little boys right here, young, young men, when you see him walk into the door, you ought to open the door for him. Here, elder, come on in. Sister Jan, they'll do the same thing. This is the pillars. Yes. They're setting the foundation every single week. Yes. For you have a calm atmosphere. Right. Yeah. And some of y'all don't know what that feels like in your home. You don't know what it's like to have peace and joy and love. Like it when you come in here, it ain't about preaching you like. It's the spirit of the living God, the anointing that you like. That's what you feel. That's what you crave. Oh, if I can just get some young men and some young women to grab a hold. I want the anointing on my life. I want the power of God on my life. Take everything but give me Jesus. Pillar stands. Pillars don't move. I understand the devil is troubling you. He's fighting against you. But if you start standing, if you don't waver, if you just stand your ground right. and say, I'm going to serve God, <clears throat> even when the preacher's preaching to me, I'm still going to serve God. Even when everything's coming against me, I'm going to serve God. Yes. The devil starts getting weary. The devil starts getting trouble. And that's when the Bible talks about resist the devil right. and he will flee from you. Right. If you're living through heaven, it's because you ain't submitted to God. You ain't standing firm in your walk with God yet. You're still wavering. Let me go with you. And if you're wavering, he knows he can snatch you out of the hands of God. But when you put your foot down, Wesley, when you square your old back up and say, come on, big boy, you want to fight? I will fight. But I'm not train caving in. I'm not giving in. Yeah, I'm going to back up 
just tell it just a little bit. I want to close. You have to understand something about God. He's not after your talents. God, God's not looking for your talents. God's not looking for your ability. He, he's not looking for your finances. He, 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 he don't care about your money. He don't care how famous you become. Well, preacher, if I go and do this, I can get a famous, I can do all this. He's not worried about that. God, God's not looking for women and men that, that, that all got everything right. That's right. But he's looking for men and women and young people that will stand. When all else falls, you're still standing. That's why he said, I'm going to build my church up on a rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it because it's built on a rock. He don't care how good a singing you can do. He don't care how good the preaching you can do. He don't care how good a football player you are, how good of a drum player you are, how good you are in math or English or how fast you can run. But he's looking for, are you able to stand? Yes. Do you have a backbone about you? Will you stand for something? Amen. I'm going to get real just for a second. And most of you know this. But some of you don't, so I'll, I'll just get, you know, I never had a, I'm going to say, I don't, you know, I get in trouble all the time, I'm getting right handling, you know, Brother Ken, I never had that father figure in my life that, you know, that showed me how to stand for something. I never had that mother in my life that showed me how to stand. I never had a great daddy that stood up and said, boy, make sure you sway your back up when you're talking to me. You know, just that thing right there, just that man figure that, or that woman figure, I never had that. All I had was pillars in my life of alcoholics. I had a grandfather that passed away, and he was known as an alcoholic. You know how many times I drove him in the house? He's a 300-pound man. I'm a 12-year-old boy. And I would pick him over on the shoulders and drag him in the house. Done. Urinate all over himself and everything. That's the kind of memories I got. You see what I'm saying, Michael? Or a mother saying, don't get in your bedroom. Don't come out. Does she only see what she was doing? I ain't standing for nothing. Right. I'm sorry, that's too real, isn't it? That's why I made my mind up. I made my mind up. If I gotta stand by myself, if I gotta do everything myself, woman, if you come against everything I do, if you get involved in sobbing the Lord so much that you don't want to go with me, I'm standing. I'm gonna stand because there's a generation that needs a man. It needs a woman to stand firm. If you ever see a drink in my hand, shoot me, kill me, because I'm alcoholic. It's addicted to me. If you ever see drugs in, around me, you better kill me, because I'm going to fall off the deep end, because it's in my blood. That's why I stand firm. I'm not going to be around it. I'm going to not look around it. I don't want it to talk about it. I'm saying, burn. 
even here this morning, there's some young persons, some older people that needs this in their soul and say, my daddy might not stood for nothing, my mother might not never stood for nothing, but the boat stops with me. I'm going to stand. I'm going to become a pillar of God so the devil can't spoil another generation. Someone needs to make your mind up and tell God, I don't want my kids. I don't want my grandkids. See what I've been through or live what I've been through. I'll fight against it. I'll stand against my environment. said a thousand times, I'm the fifth generation half alcoholic, but I made my mind up. I will not touch it anymore because it ruins life. And I'm a product of that. It ruined my life. I missed a good childhood because of a ruined... I can't say that. A weak backbone in person. But I thank God for what I went through every day so I can relate to someone, to pull someone out of the mire clay. I'm not looking for a pity party. I'm just trying to get you encouraged. If I can do it, you can do it. Yes. If a weak-minded man like myself can do it, surely a strong little boy or a strong little girl like you can do it. Yes. Come on. Yes. You, you can be a pillar for another generation. I'm going to close with this right here. <coughs> you see, pillars don't move. Pillars are always in place. And they're always there on time. And I know what you're thinking, Pastor. I want to be a pillar for God. You convinced me this morning. I want to be that pillar. I guarantee you, I said, if you want to be a pillar, everybody raise your hand. Because I convinced you already that we need to be a pillar. The pastor ain't no way I can be a pillar. I have made too many mistakes. Pastor, I don't have a good understanding of the Word of God. Pastor, you don't understand what it's like in my environment, in my home. I have so many things, Pastor, that is pulling and tugging at me. Dave, I understand that. And I'm very sorry that you had to live around the environment that we're living in. I believe we're very, very close to a wicked, evilness world. This is evil. I believe that God, if God cast fire and brimstone on this world, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bat eye it. I wouldn't fuss at it one bit because we deserve it. Where this world is wrong, we deserve it. Pillars are created by God himself. If I try to be a pillar all by myself, if I said, Mary, I'm going to straighten up, I'm going to do everything right, I'm going to straighten my act up, I'm going to, I'm going to do it all by myself, I would fail. I would have failed. To become a pillar for God, you have to have one key ingredient. It, it don't matter if you can sing, it don't matter if you can play every instrument on the platform. It don't matter if your family, what family tree you came from. It don't matter if you've been in church all your life or this is your very first service. It just takes one ingredient for God to make a person or a woman or a young person a pillar in the house of the living God. It just takes one thing in your life to become a pillar for God. And it's found in Revelation 
3 and 12. I read it to you earlier and you missed it. I'm going to read it again. He that overcometh, well, I mean, a pillar in the temple of God. He that overcometh, well, I'll make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. You're not going to waver anymore. I will write upon him his name, my name, and the name in which the city of my God, which is in New Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. I'll write upon him my new name. It says, he that overcomes. Well, Pastor, that sounds too easy. Surely I have to do more than that. Surely I, I have to have a Bible degree or a, a college degree. Surely my daddy needs to be the pastor for me to be a pillar in the church. Surely I need to be a millionaire to be a pillar. Surely I need to be full of knowledge and wisdom. No. All it takes for a pillar for God's house is for you to overcome those thoughts in your mind. Right. If you overcome those environments around you, then God can make you a pillar yes. that will help hold his house up. You can be used in the new city. He will write his name mm -hmm. on you. For God to create a pillar out of you, all it takes for you to make up your mind, mm -hmm. I will not be a product of my environment. Right. If you come into a time in your life and you say, I will live above my raising. I will live above what I always seen and always done. I will not become what my daddy was. I will not become what my mama was. I'm going to become an overcomer so God can make me a pillar for his kingdom. I missed this quote earlier and I think it's worth quoting. I sure hate to be a pillar. God. Just a feeling for God. Well, if I feel like coming to church and preaching for you, I'll feel that position. If I feel, you know what a feeler is, Brother Mike. It's not a cat. It hides dead space. You know, I'm just a feeler. No, no, no. I don't want to be a feeler. I want to be a pillar. A pillar. A pillar. I want, if I'm not here, I want the church to know I'm not here. Not by me calling them or texting them. Where's Randall at? Where's Brother Ken at? Mm -hmm. I'm missing him. Right. Right. Even when we get to a church of two or three hundred people, yeah. where's such and such? Yeah. They're a pillar. Yes. A pillar's not missed. Right. Yes. So, I see this little video, I think it's worth repeating here. Well, I know it's just running. Give me one more time, just one second. Alright. What if you die? Alright. What if you die? He made it to heaven. 
Your justice from God. We'd be happy. Of course, set aside each other. You made it. Even a sheet of paper. And I say, this is just Randolph at the time. And you read it and you say, Pillar for God. Stand with me. I was sure 